0: Welcome to D Hall and Dragons, a real play D&D podcast about a group of high school students who get sucked into a world of fantasy and magic and have to set out on a quest to find their way home, but not before they find themselves along the way. My name is Riley Wesson. I am this campaign's Dungeon Master, and I am joined by my friends, my players, and my favorite house guests. Hi, guys.
1: Nice. Hello. Hello. I'll sleep on the couch. Don't worry.
0: (laughs) Just pull out the futon for me.
1: Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be happy.
2: My name's Brandon Lindsay. Uh, I play the recently resurrected Cecil McNamara. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, today's question, is your character related to anyone famous, otherwise notable for things good or bad? Cecil's lesser known claim to fame, which there are many, is that he is a very distant cousin to Larry Bird, actually. Um... (coughs) Very distant cousin, and he did for a school project back in elementary school, those gone to Texas things for those who went to public school in Texas, like where your family came from. And he did that, but he didn't really follow the criteria. It was basically just why I'm related to Larry Bird. (laughs) And that's where he first learned how to Photoshop, because he Photoshopped Larry Bird into photos of his family, like at family reunions. So Larry (laughs) Bird would just be terribly Photoshopped into the the background of a picture.
3: (laughs) I genuinely thought you were going to say Bill Nye, because that's your shtick.
2: Yeah, in elementary school and middle school, I convinced kids that Bill Nye was my uncle, and they believed me.
0: (laughs) Brandon started gaslighting at a very young age.
2: I did. (laughs) Cecil is my basest inclination to just <laughs> just lie about things and run with it
1: love it um hi my name is Daniel Grisco and I play Brian Tolkien Brian doesn't know a lot about his family lineage because um like the relationship with his grandparents is so muted that it just like never really went beyond that but you know if you if you ask Brian he's he's really proud of what his dad does for a living so his dad's you know the most famous you know hard-working person that he knows with his writing and all the different books that he has out there so um i guess that's that's brian's
3: little claim to fame in uh, in
1: that celebrity world
3: hi my name is andy dinehart and i am the voice of victoria hightower this is awful um but riley maybe you can remind me i can't remember the first name that i chose for victoria's mother
0: uh your mother's first name isn't is it, it-
2: sort with the t
3: was it Trish?
2: It I think I think it might have been Trish. The Trish,
3: I, I I don't. This is awful. But her mom actually is the owner of High Tower Fitness, and even though it's called fitness, it's a little more along the lines of spirituality and yoga and uh, guru shamanism, that sort of deal. Kind of equivalent to sort of what Gwyneth Paltrow has done with Goop. Uh, as of them falling into the Forgotten Field, she's in Japan right now.
0: Yeah, I believe it was Trish.
3: Trish, that sounds, okay, that sounds, I think that it, right. that's what I thought it was, but I didn't have it written down. So. Yeah,
0: I think we literally said it the one time that she called yeah. you in like episode three, <laughs> and I'm I'm ninety 99% mm-hmm. sure it was Trish.
3: Okay, cool. So, so Trish Hightower.
0: Yeah, and uh, my name's Riley Wesson. I am this campaign's Dungeon Master, and I don't really think there's anybody that could be considered famous in my family that I know of.
3: It's going to be you. Isn't Aaron Tavey your older brother? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, absolutely not.
3: I could have sworn
1: I, I I thought he was. I know I could have no. sworn you guys look are just like so You're so similar. Alike.
0: Definitely not.
1: There's this definitely is... a familial Disney resemblance. At least.
0: Have Please you don't use get... that as
2: like the fun little factoid on your dating profile. No. Not this
0: again. <laughs> the inside jokes are converging into something that cannot be contained. I can't have this.
1: The urge to contain the uncontainable is really just going to lead to self-disappointment, Riley. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So before our recap, uh, I do want to go over a few housekeeping things. Uh, as we talked about last session, we are not using the luck system anymore, but I am going to be doing my best to implement inspiration going forward. And so from last session, everyone will get one point of inspiration, which for people that don't know what inspiration is, basically you can use an inspiration point to gain advantage on a role. And you can roll, take the higher of the two. Uh, So, Victoria, you get a point of inspiration for the interaction with Wren and the cute little date setup that you guys had. Uh, Brian, you get a point of inspiration for your interaction with Ratness before the battle. Um, And Cecil, you get a point of inspiration for spiders, because what else is it going to be, honestly? (laughs) And one other thing, uh, I do want to add one more stipulation to the rules for Revivify and for resurrecting party members. Uh, So for every time you've been resurrected with Revivify, the next time that someone attempts to resurrect you, you start with a failed death save. So Cecil, if you die again and someone tries to use your Revivify on you, they can bring you back. But when you roll for death saves, you will start with one failed death save already.
2: Well, I I think I'm in the clear on that one because obviously I'm really good at rolling death saves.
0: I guess so. And with all that said, let's get into the recap So last session on D Hall and Dragons, the students reveled with the runaways in their victory over the boomers, with some of them making wands while others were making dates before they gathered in the evening to investigate the warehouse on the outskirts of town and what could be haunting it. Cecil scoped things out inside and found some very horny spiders while the rest of the gang checked things out outside, where Ratness revealed to Brian that she had a deep-seated fear of the hand due to the fact that she was the one who turned Ratness into a rat girl that she is now. The group then snuck inside, only for Cecil to turn back into a human and awake the sleeping beast within the warehouse, which turned out to be the warehouse itself. As they began to do battle with the monster, Ratnas turned on the group, claiming that she'd been working for the hand the entire time, and if she got rid of them, that she'd have the spell removed and turned back into a human once more. Amidst the brutal combat, the students managed to convince Ratnas to trust in the friends she'd made and the person she'd become, and she rejoined their efforts to defeat the warehouse. Tragically, Cecil was felled in battle, but from his lifeless body... A scrap of paper shined the fortune he'd received from Wifflepuff's doomsday cookie, and with Victoria diving over to use it on him and raising him with a kiss, Cecil returned to life and with a flip of the all-or-nothing coin landed a devastating critical hit to the warehouse, causing its monstrous facade to crumble and fall, revealing an ordinary building ready to be used for whatever purpose standing in its place. And that's where we are now.
2: I'm gonna search around in my in my backpack and I'm gonna pull out a greater healing potion and go. What was this doing here? <laughs> um, anyone need it?
3: You should probably take that, Cecil.
2: I feel like you would need it more than any of us. Well, I mean, not now. We we defeated the thing, unless unless someone's gonna try and fight me again.
0: Uh, yeah. You guys all turn and you see Ratnus crouched on what is now like the steps of the house. She has, like, her daggers, she's just dropped them on the ground, uh, and she's kind of hugging her knees. No, no, I'm—there's nothing I can really say. I mean, obviously I'm sorry, but I I know that—that really means nothing. I don't—I don't really know what I'm going to do now, but I—I know I'm not going to hurt any of you.
1: I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, you have a lot to make up for. That was not Okay in any way, shape, or form. You were given every opportunity to speak up, to share your peace, and the fact that you don't even think that we would understand as people that are also putting a lot at stake just to get ourselves home. It was incredibly selfish, it wasn't considerate, and you didn't return any ounce of trust that had already been given to you with the fact that we've already put our lives at risk for missions that you had already put in front of us. I mean, forgive me for being the source of some kind of shame here, but that was bullshit.
2: What do you think is going to happen next? In the next few hours? What do you see for yourself? Because for I see a dark room. And a long time to think about what it means to betray those who have your back. And I'm going to take out my baseball bat, and in an instant I'm going to cast Shillelagh. but as I rotate it, I'm also casting Entangle on her. Okay. As I turn my wrist and rotate the bat that is now sprouting thorns and strange-looking petals, the same vines and thorns and petals begin grasping around her legs and around her throat. That's what I see. Sound like fun? Does that sound like a productive use of your time and efforts, or do you have any better ideas?
0: It sounds like what I deserve, but... If it's possible, I'd like to try and make up for the numerous accounts of damage that I've caused up to this point. I don't know how exactly I can do that, but I'd like to be able to find out.
2: I'd like to find out, too. Then I'm going to rotate the baseball bat, and the vines are going to slack just a little bit. And if I hear of one misstep, I'll come back, and I'll return the favor And I'm going to just kind of walk off.
0: Okay. Uh, Ratness is left sitting there on the steps. Wren looks at her, sighs, and um, she says, I can't forgive you right now, but I think Cecil put it best. I think you have more useful things you can be doing than sitting there and feeling sorry for yourself. I will be keeping my eye on you as close as I can, because I'm going to need an actual person that wants to help me now with everything that needs to be done. And then Wren turns back to you guys. Well, obviously you have all of my thanks. Tell you what, this warehouse obviously needs to be sorted through and cleaned out, but there's probably a few things that uh, some people wouldn't mind if they went missing. If you'd like to take a poke through.
1: You, We should go back in there.
0: Oh, it's totally fine now.
1: We thought it was totally fine before.
0: Well, yes, but that was when it was old and rickety and, and broken down. That was the evil malice of the warehouse that had taken hold of it. Um this this is just a normal building.
1: Um okay, I'm gonna kinda walk towards it hesitantly and, and cast Detect Magic.
3: Nice. Okay.
0: Uh yeah, you you cast Detect Magic. Uh, and you get the sense that there are magical items inside of it.
1: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk into the building.
3: Victoria's gonna walk up behind Brian. I'm just going to follow your lead.
1: Okay. And I walk up into the house um, and Brian is still like holding detect magic.
0: I'm going to say as you guys have done this work, you feel yourselves growing more accustomed to using your magic and you're growing into it a bit more. Uh, And going forward, you won't have to roll magic surges for candrips and first level spells. Oh, wow.
3: That's really awesome. Cool. That's helpful. Do we also level up? no
1: (laughs) of course not he fought a whole house and Cecil died (laughs) just kind of gonna look through that main room in front of the door and just see what kind of sticks out
0: okay uh roll me a d100 Ooh, 83 cool now roll me a d4 Whoa. First off, you find eight art objects that are worth 25 gold apiece, portraits, and some like very ornately crafted dolls. And then roll me two more D100s. Could
3: Victoria search too? Sure. Five
0: and 16. Okay. Uh, so, Brian, you find a spear that appears to be magical. Uh, and it is a plus one weapon. Wow. Nice. And then you also find a plus one shield as well. <gasps> wow.
3: That's awesome. Cool. I rolled an eight on a D100. Okay. You
0: find. Holy shit. You find 10 art objects that are worth 2,500 gold apiece.
3: I'm sorry. What?
0: <laughs> it, I swear to God. It's a, it's a D10, 2,500 gold apiece art objects. And I rolled a 10. Uh, she's Louise. Uh and then roll me a
3: d8. I mean, we're, we're ballin'. We're we're good for forever. Uh two.
0: Now, and then roll me two more d100s.
3: 92. Ooh. And 29.
0: All right. You find one potion of clairvoyance. Ah. And then you also find what appears to be a little metal tube that has like a chain attached to it with a smaller metal tube attached to the chain. And this is a chime of opening. Uh, You can point it at an object within 120 feet of you that can be opened, such as a door, lid, or lock. The chime issues a clear tone and one lock or latch on the object opens unless the sound can't reach the object.
3: That's dope.
0: The chime can be used 10 times. After the 10th time, it cracks and becomes useless.
3: That's awesome.
0: It's awesome indeed.
3: I'm hoping and assuming that the art pieces are small enough that they can be sort of bundled up and stored.
0: Yeah, it's you actually find a collection of like really intricate cross stitchings. Uh, oh, that's so <laughs> that,
3: cool. Uh,
0: are somehow worth 2,500 gold a piece. Amazing, Cecil, if you'd like, you can also search.
3: Did Cecil come back? He has not yet.
2: Um, Cecil has reached into his khaki bag of tricks and pulled out a little friend. It is a tiny little frog named Grape. Um <laughs> He's gonna put grape on his shoulder.
1: What kind of frog is he? Is he like a little dart frog or is he like a little forest frog?
2: Yeah, yeah, he's like a little dart frog. He does have these two little orange like racing stripes right down his back to match the ascot that he wears, especially the ascot that that Cecil wears. Um Cecil is going to walk down to the road and taking out one of the knives that he uses to whittle, and he's going to begin carving symbols in the road that are in Druidic. Basically a warning to any and all who know the hand that we're coming.
3: Oh boy.
2: He's going to try and create an amalgamation of those symbols into one much larger symbol that could be deciphered and torn apart to basically mean that phrase.
0: Cecil effectively creates a symbol to warn people that can read Druidic. You betcha. <laughs> As you walk away, you hear two people like walking down the road and they look and go, the fuck is that? The fuck is that? I don't know. I, don't I, don't know. I,
2: I, I can't read that shit.
0: <laughs> Cecil makes like one of those S's that you sketch in class. Yes!
1: <laughs> That's the symbol. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. The fact that that is such a universal thing is just fantastic. It's too
2: high school
0: not to put it in.
2: Yeah, then I'm going to come back and um, I'm going to walk inside.
0: Cool. Roll me a D100. (laughs) 69.
1: Yeah, there it is. Speaking of high school.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. You find six art objects that are worth 750 gold apiece. And then... Roll me 1d100.
2: 14.
0: Okay. You find one eighth level spell scroll. Uh, Dude. So I am going to pull up the list of spells to determine what spell this scroll has on it. Dude. Uh, okay. Roll me a d20. 11.
2: All
0: right. This spell scroll has the spell Holy Aura. When cast, divine light washes over you and coalesces in a soft radiance in a 30-foot radius around you. Creatures of your choice in that radius when you cast the spell shed dim light and have advantage on all saving throws. Other creatures have disadvantage on attack rolls against them until the spell ends. In addition, when a fiend or an undead hits an effective creature with a melee attack, the aura flashes with brilliant light. The attacker must succeed on a constitution saving throw or be blinded until the spell ends.
2: Wow, that's really cool.
0: As you guys are looking around, Ren picks up what looks like a spell book, kind of leafs through it, pockets it herself. And Brian, as you're walking around with your detect magic cast, uh, you feel like there are a few items that have traces of that same magic of what you felt in the tower.
1: Uh, I'm going to kind of walk over to the closest one to me that, that feels like that.
0: Yeah, as you walk over to it, you guys see in Cecil's pack Something is glowing purple as he gets closer to this item.
3: Uh, Cecil?
2: Take off my bag and I sift through it.
0: Uh, you sift through it and you pull out the vial with the thread that you picked up from Freddy's body. Yeah. Where did you get that?
2: Um, a little bit of a long story.
0: That's an encoded memory spell.
2: Coded memory spell.
1: Great. What do we do with it?
0: Well, certain spells can decode the memory and present what it is, such as uh, comprehend languages or uh, identify. Um, If you'd like, this spellbook does have identify in it. I could cast that on that strand if you'd like.
3: Yeah. Yeah?
2: Does it seem like these objects were touched by Freddy? Is is that the sort of magical... Connection.
0: Give me an Arcana or Investigation check. Eighteen.
3: Yeah, I I rolled an eighteen as well. Okay. While Victoria is also grabbing all of this stuff and kind of just compiling it, can she look for any sort of paint? I, I doubt spray paint exists.
0: Uh, yeah. You 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 find in the back there seems to be some more mundane items. And you actually do find like a magical item that appears to spray out paint when it's filled.
3: Cool. Is it filled? Is there she's looking for like available paint? Yes. Okay. Is is there is it a specific color? Yes.
0: No. It's whatever what what color do you want it to be? What it's do you want blue. to do? Just it's tell blue. me what you want to do.
3: Just it's tell me what paint. you want
1: to do. <laughs> it's blue paint. Mom and dad okay. are fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's in the corner, I, like sensing some kind of argument going on in the <laughs>
3: Netherworld, and he's like, it's just, "What is going on? Conflict." So she's just gonna grab that along with the other stuff, and she rolled uh, an eighteen. Uh, I know Brian also. Yep, I rolled, an, rolled 18. an eighteen. What about Cecil?
2: My Arcana check is a twenty-six. In case that helps.
3: Damn, that might.
0: <laughs> you guys get the sense that these weren't touched by Freddy directly, mm-hmm. but it does feel similar. To like the vibes that you were getting off of Freddie when you fought with him. So
3: potentially the thing that was giving him
2: It's giving Freddy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Brian um is feeling
1: frustrated at the lack of knowledge that he has about this world. It just like grabs Ren, pulls her over to Cecil, and is the, like, oh, can we could just do the thing with the do the please?
0: Okay, yes. And she sits down and pulls out the spell book. After a few minutes. Cast identify on this strand you guys see the strand start to glow that purple again and then it kind of starts to pull silver as well Ooh. you see it slither out of the vial and start to expand <gasps> in what appears to almost be like a screen
3: oh fuck yeah this is awesome
0: your perspectives are sucked into this screen it is like harry potter <laughs> <laughs> Images start to flicker like an old-timey camera clicking through film, slightly grainy and fuzzy. Mm. You see blurry figures moving as if fast-forwarded, glimpses of scenes that vanish as quickly as they appeared. You recognize some of them. Bummerfield, Frederick's parents tearfully waving goodbye as they shrink in the distance. The inside of a carriage bumping along. A view of Rufus Wifflepuff's residence growing closer. The small old gnome in the wheelchair you met weeks ago greeting you with a welcoming smile. A small room with a desk in the corner. You realize you're viewing Freddy's memories from his perspective. The speedy images slow to a normal pace as one memory in particular comes into sharp focus. A memory Freddy left for you. Freddy's desk. Paper scrawled across it with formulas and words scratched out and scrawled over, multiple candles burning to the wick, dried wax crusting on the wood of the table. You hear the sound of crying choked frustrated sobs cutting through the silence of the room a, a, a little more a, a, a little more i'm so close to the answers i need for this new type of magic sweat and blood drips onto the page in your view as it turns to an aged scroll on the edge of the desk I, 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 I heard a voice a few days ago i i knew i was c- c- close where is it where is the answer A hand slides the scroll further up the desk, poring over a new paragraph of text, but you see the view dipping, slowly falling down the desk as the obscuring blackness of exhaustion fades into the edges of vision, until a voice is heard from behind. Do you really want to know the answer? The view shoots up, a sense of recognition filling the memory. This was it. The same voice that whispered to it nights before, hinting at a new magic more powerful than the rest. The view slowly turns around to see an unfamiliar sight to the memory, but not to you. The mascot costume of Wally the Warlock stands in the dim room, but not completely there. The edges of his silhouette are fuzzy and, and ever so transparent, his body covered with a slight purple haze, an image projected into Freddy's room, or his mind. He repeats himself. Do you really want, to know the answer. You feel curiosity and fear flood Freddy's mind looking at the mascot in his room, this strange being unknown and yet known. Wh- what, What is the answer? Wally floats forward, holding a single hand out, until he fills the entirety of Freddy's vision. The magic to make your dreams reality is out there. You just have to take it. The words flood Freddy's brain as they repeat over and over again, reaching out to him in a crescendo of chaos, insanity, and hate, flooding his mind, filling his very being to the brim with the need to take from others to be whole himself. Take others' dreams to fulfill your own. You guys, come back into your bodies as this screen that filled the room flickers and... Slowly disappears.
3: Man,
1: this whole time I thought Wally the Warlock was the dumbest mascot idea that could have possibly been thrown at us. And now, like, there's some kind of
3: evil genius happening. Did the voice sound familiar at all?
0: No. Inside the costume, it almost sounded like it was like a modulated voice.
3: Kind of like that when they do interviews and they black the person out. Yeah, and exactly. Like, yeah, okay, cool.
0: It actually said, Do you really want to
3: know the yeah. answer? <laughs>
2: In Cecil's time reading Gods of the Forgotten Fields, has he ever come across anything that sounds like an entity similar to Wally the Warlock? Any other sort of... No. Okay.
3: Okay, but how would you take someone else's dream? Is there a way to do that? I mean...
2: Magic. But that seems like very powerful magic.
3: Yeah, but is it is a dream and like... A metaphorical sense of like, oh, well, my dream is to be this someday, or is it more of like, oh, well, last night I had this really freaky dream, like...
2: Feels a bit more sinister
3: than that. So there's two big bad guys, essentially. Wait
1: a minute. Hey, Ratness, Yeah? You said you did all these different projects and things for the Hand? Yeah. Does this... Wally the Warlock kind of figure seem at all to do with these grand plans and missions and powers?
2: Have you even heard of Wally the Warlock? Does that ring a bell even a little bit?
0: Uh, first, I don't know exactly what you guys are talking about because I didn't see the whatever was in that string. thing. Okay.
1: Brian okay. opens another page to, from in his journal and <laughs> just does a scribbling of Wally the Warlock and <laughs> looks at it and is like well, actually, let me see if it's any good. <laughs> Roll me a sleight of hand. Um, yeah, it's not great. It's a nine. <laughs> it's just nice. like a stick
0: figure, but like, but with a hood and like a little crackling <laughs> ball of energy next to it in his hand.
2: Looks kind of like grimace just a little bit.
0: <sighs> After you guys like slightly explain the situation, Ratness goes, from what you've told me, that guy doesn't really strike any bells, at least in my memory.
2: Well, that's the kind of thing that I'm hoping you will come to remember. Anything about the inner circle of the hand? Yeah,
3: her counsel, spring to
2: mind at members, the moment anything, any other allies, people she worked with.
0: Yeah, actually, she doesn't have an inner circle. She doesn't trust anybody.
3: She has like lackeys.
0: She has a bunch of lackeys. She doesn't trust anybody, and so she gathers people through blackmail and manipulation, uh, and makes them do her bidding. Unless there's something that she really, really wants, and then she'll take care of herself. But that is. Very rare.
3: What did she want from us? She just wanted information about our world, and then she made us sign that fucking contract.
0: She's very interested in other planes of existence. I'm not exactly sure why.
1: World domination.
2: I mean, yeah, that's...
0: Plane domination?
1: I don't
2: know. Alright, well, that doesn't really tell us a whole lot, other than things that we might have already been able to uh, surmise from our own experience, but Supperfield is not far away.
3: Wait, how far exactly is it?
2: By car it's probably not that far.
0: Ren tells you a distance that by car is a day and a half of travel.
3: Sure. Oh, okay.
2: Unless we want <clears throat> to go by horseback.
3: Oh. Horseback?
2: Yeah, remember whenever we
3: first I, got would, here? I mean, yeah, it, yeah, that's right. It, it would be a lot it would be less suspicious because, you know, cars aren't really Guys, a thing
1: here. We can't go anywhere without the van. By
0: horse it would probably take about three days.
2: I'm a pretty fast horse. I—I I mean, that's up to you. I'm just letting you know. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah. No, you're—you're you're, you're right, guys. Yeah, we'll take the van. Yeah. Cecil is a little bit hurt at the insinuation that he as a horse could not get there faster than that.
0: <laughs> that he couldn't get there <laughs> faster than a car.
2: <laughs> I didn't say it was a logical complaint, but
3: <clears throat> as they're discussing travel, Victoria would like to take that can of spray paint, and find one of the larger walls here within the warehouse. She's going to create a straight line that has kind of this S-curved swirl. She creates the feathered end on one side and the arrowhead on another with bursts of what looks like arcane energy. And then she's going to, underneath it, that just says, trust me. And she's just going to leave that as a breadcrumb.
0: Yeah, you spend five or ten minutes sketching that out as Brian and Cecil are discussing the merits of horses over cars. Um, That's
2: where you get the term horse power. I am the power.
1: <laughs> yeah, of multiple horses, which is what's the value of a car in the first place. Wren slowly walks
0: up, makes her way up behind you, Victoria.
3: Yeah.
0: I'm sure you'll find him
3: or he'll find you. Sure. Even if he doesn't. And if they do end up using this for the orphans, which I still think they should use the tower because it's nicer and it's in town. I think it's
0: been decided that the the tower will be good. uh, They need need this for the space. Good. I was thinking also Todd might be able to have have a speakeasy here.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. I kind of promised that, didn't I?
0: There's probably a basement to this building.
3: She's immediately going to go look for a basement.
0: Roll me an investigation check. Oh, They're no. Make
1: out in the basement. <laughs> da, da, da.
3: <laughs> All right, 19.
0: Uh, Yeah, you're poking around, looking here and there. And as you're walking back, you see a, a small portrait but of what appears to be the skyline of Boomerfield. And you notice it's kind of crooked. And you adjust it. And you hear this... <laughs> Nice. And there appears to be a hidden doorway underneath the staircase.
3: There. Oh yeah. I'm make out in the Definitely. Basement. She's gonna light up her hands. She's just trying to see too, especially if there's similar items to the stuff that they've picked up in this warehouse today.
0: It's an empty basement.
3: Oh, okay. Completely empty. Yeah. No no okay.
0: All nope. right.
3: Any damage? Would it be a great place for No,
0: it's actually in perfect condition.
3: Okay, cool. You
0: actually see there are a few chairs uh and there's already a poker table set are, up that
2: are down there. There's that one painting of all the dogs playing poker and smoking yes. cigars and only
3: it's dragons in this world.
0: <laughs> oh, that is very Todd.
3: Great. Well, cool. He can have at it.
0: Yes, I believe so. Uh, I I will say, um I do still owe you a dance lesson.
1: Ooh. That was from a spider in the corner. <laughs>
3: Listen, um, (laughs) I like you, but, um, I mean, we're leaving. We don't stay in one place very long. (sighs) Abandonment issues are rough, but I'd like to think that I've learned not to do the same thing to someone else. It wouldn't be fair.
0: Yes, I suppose it wouldn't.
3: Thank you, though. You have... You've been a font of inspiration. I've never admitted out loud that I liked girls. (laughs) So it's always just been kind of a quiet thing. So thank you for... I don't know. Making me braver in that department. Even though I'm still really fucking awkward. And (laughs) I, uh, you know... Would like to think I'm really smooth, but I'm not. Um, (laughs) This place is amazing. And and you're amazing. And if given the opportunity to stay, I want you to know I would come back. But right now, my path has me moving forward.
0: Ren kind of looks down at her feet, and she... Waves her hand over the stone on her waist As A little tune starts to play (laughs) And she slowly takes your hands Wraps her arm around your waist And Begins to slowly dance with you as she speaks I certainly appreciate the chivalry (laughs) Just because you're leaving Doesn't mean we can't have a dance I did promise after all As hard as it is to see you go I feel that you're destined for bigger things in just little old Boomerfield. You feel like I made you a braver person, but I get the feeling that that bravery was there all along. <laughs> as much as I would love to see you return, I understand if that, that might not be the case. But I will eagerly await that possibility, nonetheless. She very slowly raises her hand, brushes a little bit of hair out of your face, leans forward, and. Places a very soft, tender kiss on your forehead. You are a wonderful person. Don't ever forget that.
3: I'll try. Okay, any special moves? Teach me.
0: Let's find out. Okay. Uh, And she spends about 30 minutes or so teaching you some various dance moves and such. Eventually, you guys all meet back up outside of the warehouse.
3: Victoria's gonna go sit down next to Radness before they leave. I need you to take care of Ren. I need you to be an actual friend to her in case I don't come back.
0: I'll do my best. I know you will. One more thing you should know. You actually met the Hand recently. You might wonder how I, um, kept in contact with her. Oh my god. And got information to and from her. While I was here, I think you already know.
3: Then she knows where he is. She knows my dad. Oh my god. And she took so much fucking money from me too! God, she's such a- Yeah, she'll do that. Bitch!
0: Yeah, she kind of sucks, yeah. (sighs) I don't know what exactly she- did for you but she also did something to you what do you mean if you went in there and she looked for you or whatever she got a peek into your brain into your mind I I don't know what she might do with that
3: well whatever she saw I guess I better learn really quick how to be vulnerable
0: I guess we're all learning that lesson we're young we are young.
3: At least we're learning it now.
0: <laughs> Tell me about it.
3: Okay. On to the next thing, I suppose.
0: Best of luck with whatever that is.
3: All right, guys, are we staying the night?
2: Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's go back to the van and go to sleep. Um, we can get there really quickly. That's uh, True. And I turn into a horse. What?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Ride me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Have, y'all, no, have y'all seen the the old Aslan? It's the it's the, the old Narnia, the old Chronicles of
0: Narnia I th-
1: movie. I don't where think it's, you need to back Aslan it up. I think just I think like, just ride me. me. Oh, the, is,
0: is there like an
3: animated animated one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: As you guys prepare to leave the warehouse that evening uh, to go back to the van, Ren stops you guys and just um, goes... I can't thank you enough for what you've done. I mean, you've, again, truly turned this entire city upside down, and I could not be more grateful with this now. I can, I don't know, maybe open that dance studio we talked about. You know, I'm not really sure what, but I can do whatever I might want to. And as she is saying this, you see this silvery, almost bluish energy start to coalesce around her, and becomes this sort of vapor above her head and it slowly seeps into the three of you and you guys each gain Ren's Tactics. With this, it's an ability that has three charges. You can expend a charge to use the Mastermind's ability, Master of Tactics, which as a bonus action, you can give uh, one of your party members the help action, or you can use it to use the rogue ability Steady Aim, which will give you advantage on your next attack.
3: Nice. Victoria's gonna walk over to Ren and just grab her hand. Stay in touch. Same to you. Okay.
0: She gives you a quick kiss.
3: (gasps) I mean, like, you know, I- I was was going to initiate that, uh, but you know, wait, I I, I, I still have your clothes and, and, and I'm, yeah, yeah, like,
0: um,
1: yeah. Brian uh, laughs and just just goes, wait a minute, what happened in that basement?
3: (laughs) 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 I mean, like, I've, I've got mine. I could go, I could go change really quick and like.
0: Yeah, but yeah, yeah, you can just, yeah, it's it's fine.
3: Okay. And she's going to like walk around behind the the (laughs) the warehouse (laughs) and she'll change back brian
1: gives ren a fist bump
0: <laughs> and yeah you guys ride back uh and you as you're trotting through town you actually uh see what appears to be like a shady dealer uh with like knockoff uh art pieces and a big sack of gold that says i'm buying any art anyone want to sell me any art any art pieces I throw anything i'll sell you my, my art, art. yeah Oh sweet! Uh, He gives you all the money for the art you guys had, uh, and he also like the second that he gets your art, Mm -hmm. he immediately like flips his sign uh, and it just says General Store. I don't want to buy anything. I got anything anyone anything anyone might be looking for. Just random things, you know, anything you
1: might anything you might want. Cool, Cecil. You wanted armor, right?
2: Uh, I am a horse. No, I'm just kidding.
1: I got horse
3: armor, I got people armor, I got-
2: Actually, horse armor would be pretty cool if we could get some barding, I'm not even kidding. (laughs) I don't got any
0: horse armor, no horse armor here, just- uh... So I
3: now have 25,000 gold? Yes. Amazing. Thanks, Riley.
2: I want to get better leather armor.
0: Okay, you find a a plus one leather armor uh, that's (laughs) uh, 1,000 gold.
2: Great.
3: (laughs) Any healing potions?
0: Yeah, what healing potions do you want?
1: Um, Uh, Like at least three of them.
0: Uh common healing potions are fifty are fifty gold apiece. Greater are two fifty superior are uh a thousand.
3: A thousand? Okay, I'll drop I'll buy five.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Let's take a basic one.
0: What you you want Brian buys one common healing potion?
1: Yeah. Brian's Brian's <laughs> <Right>. Frugal.
0: <laughs> Brian is currently my favorite player.
1: <laughs> Brian is uh <laughs> Brian's Frugal.
2: Um I'm gonna get ten greater for twenty five hundred
3: on riley I
0: fucking hate
2: this game <laughs> <laughs> i'm also gonna spend 300 bucks on buying a little gilded flower spell component and then i'm set
3: cool wait i have a question
2: yeah what's your question
0: when we get back to what the do you band, know
3: uh-huh <laughs> who had the keys because as far as i remember james was the one who had the keys oh shut
0: up you look in the scroll that James had written for you guys, and uh, at the very bottom is taped the keys to the van.
3: <laughs> nice. Uh, that's actually that's great. <laughs> cool. Well, Victoria pockets them.
0: Okay. Cool.
3: And we go to bed.
0: Cool. You guys all go to sleep. Uh, and everyone roll me a d twenty. Oh, a three. A twenty. A nineteen.
3: Don't know.
2: What is for? But here we go.
0: Cool. Cecil, as you drift off to sleep, you are having some kind of memory, but it's not anywhere that you've been yourself. You realize that this is what you saw when you were dead. (gasps) Your vision becomes a little clearer and you're walking down what appears to be a row of bookshelves. Your vision is gray as you are walking through... These pathways, making right turns, left turns, not really going anywhere in particular. You feel like you're searching for something, but you're not quite sure what it is. And as you're walking and turning, you get the feeling there's something behind you that's following you down these rows. You don't turn and you can't see anything, but you feel this presence getting closer and closer to you until... You're sucked out of wherever this is, and you go back to sleep.
2: Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Victoria, you blink your eyes a couple of times, and you find you're sitting in a classroom. Looks pretty similar to the classes back at Summerfield Central High, but you see a little puppet sitting on the desk.
3: She just waves. (laughs)
0: Little Gus waves back at you. Boy, that was a, that was a rough one, wasn't it?
3: Yeah. What went on with that? Just, yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, you. tough. Yeah, you failed a lot out there. I failed? I don't see James anywhere in that van with you. Your friend Cecil died for a little bit there. That sounds like a pretty big fuck up to me. Also sounds like dead
3: weight. I mean, they're my friends. Yeah, I mean, we definitely failed several times. But, you know, they've also been really helpful and have helped me. And I feel like, you know, we've we've learned through the failure. Hmm.
0: I guess they might have helped you out a little bit. Yeah. How much have you helped them? Maybe the real dead weight here is... you?
3: That would be... on trend.
0: (laughs) Hopefully you don't fuck up again and get them even more hurt.
3: Can... can you help with that? I don't... I don't want to hurt them any more than I already have. Mm,
0: I might be able to help here and there.
3: Really? Yeah, why not? Just don't want to be a, a a disappointment, you know?
0: Well, hopefully with my help you won't be. Yeah. And your subconscious drifts back into sleep. And Brian, you find yourself in the halls of Summerfield Central High. It's pretty busy, it's in between periods. And you brush your way through the crowds, as you usually do, unnoticed, and you walk into your English classroom, but as you open the door, the room's empty, and it's in ruins. It's in shambles. You see the fluorescent light flickering overhead, and you see overturned desks and chairs, rubble falling from the ceiling, a slight dripping of water, and you hear in the distance,
3: Brian? Brian, are you there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Where are you?
1: I I, I, I don't know. I, I. Is the voice coming from this room?
0: No, it's coming from outside in the hall, somewhere further down. And you rush out. And as you come out of the room, the hallway is in shambles as well. Lockers overturned. More water dripping from the ceiling. Uh, and you climb your way over the rubble, following this voice. Brian? Brian? You are peeking into classrooms, looking indoors and... And you look inside and you see this ruined classroom, a pipe burst and spilling water into the room, and you see your little sister Jenny on the other side, looking through the window.
1: Brian, is that you? yeah i'm 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 right here. Come here. I, I can't the, the the door's locked. I, I can't okay, I can't get out. Okay. I start, I start looking for something to, to unlock the door or push the door open.
0: You try and force open the door. You take pieces of rubble and try and slam at the handle. And you can hear Jenny's voice on the other side of the door getting more and more panicked as water fills the room.
1: Brian, Brian, it's, it's getting, it's really cold. It's really cold, Brian. No, Hi. it's okay. I can, I
0: can. I, 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 I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Brian, Brian, Brian. And you wake up, and it is the morning. You guys are in the van. Sunlight is creeping through the window.
1: I um, climb into the driver's seat and turn the keys to the van on.
0: Uh, Yeah, as Cecil and Victoria are still kind of groggy waking up, uh, you can hear Brian clambering through, sitting in the driver's seat, turning on the engine and starting to drive.
2: Good morning. Uh, let's see, what's on the docket today we're We're going. Sure. Uh take off. I'll check on V and see how she's doing. Um you good?
1: Yeah, I'm fine. We're just we have to go. I'm fine.
2: I'm gonna walk over and I'm gonna check on V and see if she's awake. Hmm? Uh you you can go back to sleep in a minute if you need to, but you can snooze how no, little. Well. Uh come up. Brian's uh already taking us off to Superfield. Yeah, we'll be there in like a day and a half or so. So
3: cool. Um, is there anything uh I I can help with or um do it in the meantime to be useful?
2: <sighs> um, I think we're kind of just cruising until we get there.
3: Okay.
0: Is there anything you guys would like to do while you're traveling? Tinker check. Go for it.
1: Let's see. Would like to drive faster.
3: <laughs>
0: okay, Brian. You use your actions to drive as fast as possible.
3: Oh, okay. I've made six checks so far that passed. Ooh, this is, we'll see. It will be my seventh. Nope, that's a fail. That's a four. Oof.
0: You only need one more and you will have a working trigger. I only
3: need one more! This is so stupid!
0: Cecil, would you like to do anything?
2: Uh, he's going to continue reading Gods of the Forgotten Realms, and he is going to see if he can kind of piece together any sort of entities that can enter the dreams of others. Or is known to have a proclivity for such an activity.
0: Okay. Roll me a religion check.
2: 24.
0: Okay. As you research and look, you don't see anything in this book about creatures that can sneak into people's minds. But you do read about the origins of the deities of Forgotten Fields. You read a story in the beginning about uh, what is referred to as the Knowing One, which is the, the title of Rezevo, the god of knowledge and growth. It's this story of how in the beginning of Forgotten Fields, there were no forgotten fields. There were no fields or uh, n- anything in this plane of existence. But there was this seed, and this seed hungered for knowledge and to know things. It began to grow Creating its own knowledge and its ideas and subjects and thoughts. And eventually it grew to such a large tree that it bore fruit, which resulted in the deities of Forgotten Fields. That's awesome. These gods of different subjects and ideas, uh, language, poetry, history, study, math, logic. Art, creativity, and this tree, this knowing one, left itself behind to bear fruit to these other gods that then flowered and bloomed and created forgotten fields that is known today.
2: Does this tree still exist anywhere? Am I able? It's a metaphorical tree. Okay.
3: We drive to the tree. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Pretty much all I'm gonna do.
3: I need to tell you guys something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What'd you do?
3: I didn't do anything. What'd you do? I had a conversation with Ratness before we left. She told me that we have actually run into the hand. When? The fortune teller. What? There was a traveling tent that was basically like this fortune teller, right? She was in Bummerfield. So I was like, oh, yeah, ha, this is so funny. I'm going to go in here and like talk to this lady. Well, she was hidden. So I didn't see her face. And she like told My future or whatever, and I thought it was just a load of bullshit at first, but as I was walking out of the tent in Bummerfield, she said something that was true. It hit home, and it was something that that no one knows about me but but me. And what'd she say? It's gonna sound stupid, and you guys are gonna make fun of me. It sounds stupid already, Victoria. You went and talked to a fortune teller and I know I just thought it was gonna be gimmicky. I thought it was gonna be silly and fun, and we were all, you know, shopping that day anyway. So I thought, okay. But she showed back up underground with the hideaways. I went in there and I talked with her again. I could sense that she saw deeper this time. It it felt like someone was rummaging around. It didn't feel great. But Ratniss told me that she saw things, that she she sees your truths and all of your thoughts and and things you have hidden and all that sort of stuff. And so Ratniss said, be careful because she could possibly use that against me. Now, thankfully... She didn't talk to either of you guys, so it's just me. But you, wouldn't you want to tell us what the hell's going on so that if she uses it against you, we can help? It's about my dad. He disappeared when I was, like, two or three. And, and my mama never give me all of this information about him. She, It was after, you know, a fight they had, and she thought he had just fucked off, you know? And But when we ended up here, I don't know, I just thought if we can end up here, maybe he did too. Maybe he didn't leave, you know, maybe he got stuck, like we are, maybe he got sucked into here, and and maybe he's been trying to find a way home, and he has been trying to find me, and maybe she was lying, it's the hand, you know, she could have just been completely screwing with my head, but she said that he was here, and that I was on the right path. And yes, she could use that against me, and that's why you guys need to know, but, you know, it's, it's stupid, it's a silly thought, there's no way he's here, he's, he probably left, and... Had another family somewhere else, you know? I just needed to be honest with you guys about that. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Well,
1: I know you have a tendency to run away from things, so the fact that you're willing to fess up about it says a lot.
3: I won't run away again.
1: We'll see.
0: You guys continue forward with Brian driving very quickly. You are heading northward, and as the day wears on, you start to see trees start to become fewer and fewer. You look outside and you see that snow is starting to fall. Is this what? typical it is,
2: for this region?
0: Yes. Okay. Uh okay. We're just moving north. <laughs> okay. It's not sure. a big deal. It's just cold. <laughs> and you slowly start to pull in to the outskirts of what appears to be like a small hamlet. Think like a like a hobbiton. But a bit more spread out when it comes to houses, obviously not houses buried into hills, but just tiny little shacks and huts and such. But the most notable feature of the town kind of framing the entire thing behind all of these buildings is this humongous tree, like a like a 500 foot radius trunk tree framing this entire village. But you see that the branches are dead and As you are driving closer, it is becoming nighttime now, and you see like some of the small houses have smoke coming from them, but you see there's one building that's a bit larger that's kind of in the center of town that seems to have some light coming from inside of it. And as you guys are making your way through town, you see that most of these buildings have like gardens and such in front of them. It seems to be a lot of farmland, though not a whole lot seems to be growing right now with the snow.
3: These just like inner spaghetti strap dress and white <laughs> leather jacket, just her little Adidas shoes and shivering.
0: <laughs> you guys make your way through the town. It seems pretty empty right now. You walk up to this larger building in the middle of town. From what you can gather, it's probably an inn or a tavern of sorts. And you see a sign on the front swinging uh, that says, Swankies. Uh, what? <laughs> Swankies, oh possessive. Uh, S-W-O-N-K-E-Y, apostrophe S. Swankies.
3: Oh, my gosh.
0: You hear a kind of commotion coming from around back. Oh, fuck! Get
1: get the fuck up! Back back the fuck up! Back the fuck up!
3: Do we go help? Uh... Yeah, Brian walks around towards the back. V's going to go the opposite direction as Brian, like so that they can, yeah.
2: Uh, Cecil turns into a panther and leaps on top of the building. Okay. You
0: guys pincer three ways uh, with Cecil on top of the roof and Brian and Victoria coming from around and you guys walk into the back and you see a pretty sizable garden, but you see what appears to be a halfling with- messy black hair and a a dirty apron on he's got what appears to be like a giant spoon uh and he is swatting at this angry looking kale plant that is (sighs) lashing out at him and there are four little tiny pepper bushes that are crawling up at him as well Fuck! get the fuck back back the fuck up back the fuck up dude come on everyone roll for initiative no!
1: <laughs> that's what i was trying to avoid by not reacting six Five. Eighteen. thank god yes
0: cool cecil you are up first you are in panther form on top of this building you can see these pepper bushes starting to spread out around this halfling and it looks like they're trying to make their way towards the crops and this halfling is trying to keep this kale plant at bay and this kale plant is like 8 feet tall. Oh
2: shoot. Um, I'm gonna leap at the closest pepper plant. Pepper I'm gonna just leap straight down. Okay.
0: Roll to attack.
2: Okay. That is a 16 to hit. 16 that'll hit. And then it needs to also make a strength saving throw. Okay. That fails. Alright then I'm also going to use a bonus action to bite it as well. Okay. That is a 19 to hit.
0: Uh, yeah, that'll hit as well.
2: Okay. Six points plus. Nice. Six points. So that is 12 points of piercing and slashing damage.
0: Okay. Yeah. You jump down and rip at this pepper bush Her. as it just kind of <laughs> shrivels on the ground. And this halfling turns around. Jesus, where'd this fucking panther come from? Oh, God.
2: Oh, oh, wow. uh.
0: He kind of, like, holds his spoon out towards you, thinks better of it, turns around, and uh, swipes at this kale plant. And you see him, like, looking at all of this around him. He's like, God, God damn it! Uh, and he's going to go into a rage.
3: <gasps> Barbarian! <And> Let's go! <laughs> we stand halfling barbarians in this house.
0: <laughs> uh, And... <laughs> He, uh, he rolls a one.
2: Oh, buddy. No, he,
0: we thought we
1: stand. stand. Uh,
0: Did
2: he take it recklessly,
0: though?
2: <laughs> Did he take
1: it recklessly? He, I
0: didn't. I didn't claim that he took it recklessly, but he does have multi-attack, so he will take his second attack.
1: Nice. Uh, <laughs>
0: no. And uh, that's a four. Oh, poor guy.
2: He's really, he's really stressed out about the panther behind him.
0: Don't, don't scare me like that, dude. God. Uh, and that's, that's going to be his
3: turn. A dude, bro.
0: That brings us to the pepper bushes. The <laughs> one that Cecil attacked is going to attack him in turn, but the other three are going to skitter their way over to the crops that are in the garden. First off, this one is going to attack Cecil.
2: It is prone. Uh, but
0: it misses anyway. Then the other three are going to attack. They're just going to automatically hit because it's just a little bush. And they do... Ooh, geez, they roll max damage uh, and they do 14 damage to these crops and they are looking oh, half as healthy as they were before. Aww. Damn it, not the not the food. Shit. That brings us to Brian's turn.
1: I am going to cast um, Sanctuary on our barbarian friend. Okay.
0: He just looks around very confused as like this slight aura comes around. What is oh, Did you do this? And he points at the kale plant in front of him. <laughs>
1: That's right, because he hasn't really seen us yet. For my second action, I take my dagger and uh, try to throw it at uh, the kale plant. I want to go, I want to try and go, doing! Okay, hold a hit. 11.
0: That misses.
3: Oh, man.
0: Uh, you have two attacks, though.
1: Great, I'm going to throw my other dagger. Okay. Oh, wait, I actually have a, so that's actually a 16.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, then that hits.
1: Great. So that's a seven damage. Seven damage. And then I throw my second dagger. Okay. And that one definitely misses 100% like flies okay. <laughs> right past the Kale Plant.
0: Yeah. The first one lands and the Halfling goes, oh, nice. And then the other one flies past. Oh, that's that's not as nice. Oh, uh, wow. That brings us to the Kale Plant's turn who can't attack the Halfling because he's got sanctuary on him. So he's going to crawl his way over and attack Brian.
1: Yeah. I saw that coming.
0: <laughs> he, will, he will provoke an attack of opportunity from the Halfling. That will hit. Uh, He does eight damage to this guy. And then, Brian, this kale plant is going to attack you. And it will make two attacks against you. Eat your vegetables, kids. First attack is going to miss. Second attack will hit. So it's going to do 3d6 of damage to you.
1: Oh, that's a very... That's feisty kale plant. Wow.
0: You take twelve damage as wow the Ouch. sharp leaves sprout from this kale plant and it just just chops at you. Uh, and that brings us to Victoria's turn.
3: Woo! Um, she's gonna third level is gonna cast Bane. She's gonna target the kale plant, the pepper plant that is currently fighting Cecil, and then one other pepper plant that is closest to the barbarian. Great. Yeah. So they have uh, to make a charisma me, saving roll roll throw. Me. Yes. Okay. 13.
0: Okay. Charisma saving throw. Yeah. They all fail. They are all baned bane as they get this like slightly darker aura around them. Shreed. And they just kind of shriek at it. And would you like to do anything else, Victoria?
3: She is going to turn to the halfling barbarian. I like your rage. And she's going to inspire him.
0: <laughs> Thanks.
3: Cool. All right, cool. I don't
0: know. Uh, cool. Okay, so he's inspired. Yeah. And that brings us back up to Cecil's turn.
2: Um, the kale plant. Uh-huh. It seems as though there are enough of my allies around the kale bush that I could potentially...
0: You can run around to flank
3: it.
2: Get a, get, get, get flanking. Okay. I'm going to get up off the pepper bush, run around, position myself, and get ready to pounce on it.
3: Okay. going to flanking.
2: That's a natural twenty. Hey. Cool. Alright. That's awesome, actually. Fourteen points of piercing damage. Alright. As I rip off part of its leg.
0: <laughs> nice going, Panther!
2: Rawr. I'm gonna use my movement, uh, the rest of whatever movement I have to back up.
0: Okay. You will take an attack of opportunity. That is Good. a natural twenty. Uh Good. So you're gonna take sixty-six of damage, twenty-four damage as this thing reaches out as you try and run away and cuts at your back.
2: So that takes me out of wild shape.
0: Yeah, you you run away and you slowly transform back into Cecil and the halfling goes, Where the fuck did that panther
2: go? As it hits me, my body like tumbles and then like mid-tumble, I come up out of another bush and I'm seasonal again. (laughs) Dude, did you kill that
0: panther? Holy shit.
3: Oh, he is not smart.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I still have my bonus action. I pick off a leaf from a nearby plant, rub it in my hands, and (laughs) cast a flame blade. Okay. Nice.
0: That brings us back to the halfling who looks at his spoon and goes... I got something better than this. Uh, Tucks it away and then he pulls out just a gigantic knife. Uh, It's like (laughs) Like uh, just a a six foot long (laughs) knife. And he is going to attack. First attack's gonna hit. Second attack, I think it's just gonna miss. But he will do eight points of damage to this kale plant. But fuck the crops, We 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 gotta protect the crops. We gotta protect the crops, okay? My parents will be really pissed if we don't protect the crops. And the pepper plants are all going to do their damage to the crops. Uh, these crops are starting to burn a little bit as these Ooh. pepper plants are like cutting away at them. And that brings us to Brian's turn.
1: Um, I'm gonna try and set the plants on fire <laughs> um, with uh, with burning hands.
0: Okay. As you cast burning hands, these pepper plants are immune to fire damage ah. uh, <gasps> as they... This- flames spread Uh out from your staff and they just kind of like shake it off and that brings us to the kale plants turn who is going to use its shower of razors so brian cecil and the halfling need to make dexterity saving throws (laughs) the halfling rolled another one poor buddy oh wait wait he's lucky i forgot halflings are lucky (laughs) So he gets to (laughs) re-roll once,
1: and he passes. Isn't that great?
0: Forgets. He he should have re-rolled for the first one. Oops.
1: 16.
2: 15.
0: Okay, you guys all pass, but you will take half of 66.
1: I don't want to. (laughs) Uh,
0: You guys all take 12 damage. That is already halved. God, these pepper plants are going to fucking kill me. And that brings us to Victoria's turn.
3: Well... Using two weapon fighting and taking a note out of Brian's book, she's gonna run up with her daggers and she's gonna slash at two of the pepper plants. Okay, a thirteen and a twenty-one.
0: Uh, twenty-one will hit.
3: The thirteen doesn't.
0: They're they're wiggly little buggers. Oh
3: boy, six points of damage.
0: Cool. Uh, you slash at the one that Cecil had already attacked. Yeah, uh, and it. <laughs> shrivels up and dies. Cool. That takes us to Cecil's turn.
2: I'm gonna real quick pop a healing potion. Okay. And then I'm gonna charge the kale plant and with my fiery blade, make an attack roll.
0: All right. And actually, as you near it behind this halfling, you almost see like the outline of like a wolf uh, and you attack at advantage even if it wasn't flanking. Nice. Fucking wolf pack, bro. Yes.
2: Sure. Okay. Okay, buddy. Uh, <clears throat>
0: you fucking killed a panther. You're good in my book.
2: 22 to hit. Uh,
0: okay. Yeah, that'll hit. And uh, this is vulnerable to fire. So you will double your damage.
2: I rolled a six, six, and a four. Jeez. Um, so that is 32 points of fire damage. Holy
0: shit. Yeah, this thing screeches as nice. the kale leaves start to shrivel on it. And uh, the halfling goes, Nice! I'm going to go take care of these pepper bushes, bro. Again, my parents are going to be really pissed if I don't get these things taken care
2: of. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. You you got it, buddy. Sure thing. Nice. Uh,
0: he's going to provoke an attack of opportunity. He's going to take a hit. 12 damage divided by two because he is raging. And he's going to run over and slash at these pepper plants.
2: Real quick, are they making any noises that I might be able to interpret as... Speech. I do have speech of the woods, so I'm able to interpret any sort of noises or motions or anything.
0: Uh, yeah. You listen closely, and you're
3: going fuck, fucking kill, fucking kill it all, fucking burn it to the ground. Okay.
2: <laughs> okay. Fuck. <laughs> so these things seem like they're just boy <laughs> going at it. Okay. Great. Continue.
0: <laughs> yeah. You feel a, you feel a, a considerable amount of malice coming from these things, and mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. halfling is going to attack recklessly, hit and hit. First one does 13 damage. (laughs) Second one does 17. Just slices through uh, one of these pepper bushes and does uh, six damage to the other one. And that brings us to the pepper bushes turns. uh, And they are going to attack the crops. Oh, I got really lucky. And these crops are just barely hanging on. There are two of them that look like they're Nearly done for. One that is completely fine. Another one that is taking considerable damage, and then these two are like hanging on by a thread. No. Don't fucking touch the barley, dude. Don't touch the barley. And Brian, that's your turn.
1: Um, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take my rapier dagger combo, and I'm just gonna try and like double slash. <laughs>
0: yeah, roll me two attacks.
1: Nineteen. Yep. And an eight.
0: That misses. Uh, but you do you do hit with your rapier.
1: That's a five.
0: Okay. This thing gets another cut slashed into it. And that brings us to the Kale Plant's turn. It's going to... Ooh, it regains its Shower of Razors. That's fine. Uh, so it's going to use that again. So Brian and Cecil both make me a dexterity saving throw.
1: I don't want to. Eleven.
2: Uh, Sixteen.
0: Okay. Uh, Cecil, you pass. Brian, you're going to fail. Great. Take... 18 damage. Cecil, you take nine.
1: Are you still up, Brian? Not I'm 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 not doing well. I'm seriously considering giving up vegetables.
0: (laughs) No, trust me, dude. They're the best way to to gain more mass, okay? I'm not
1: doing well, man. I just want a steak. It's not empty calories, okay? It's like like, a hot fajita.
3: You can eat a bunch of
0: cauliflower, you can eat a bunch of cauliflower, it's totally filling, but no carbs. No carbs on it, (laughs) okay? Don't give up the vegetables, I promise.
3: Food in general sounds good right now.
0: Yeah. And that brings us to Victoria's turn.
3: She's going to see Brian take that big ol' hit, and she's going to run up and cast Cure Wounds at third level.
0: Okay. Roll me a d20.
3: Oh, thank God. Ones and sevens look so similar. That's a seven. (laughs) Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's go. Not great. I'll take anything. Thirteen points of damage. Or damage. Of how you die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, you just killed me.
0: <laughs> Would you like to do anything else?
3: That's it for me.
0: All right, Cecil. That's your turn.
2: Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and bonus action summon a spirit totem. I give a flourish of the the fiery sword and sprinkle a couple of flames on the ground that create this spectral bear. And everyone gets eleven temporary hit points. <gasps>
3: cool. Wow!
2: And advantage on strength, checks, and saves.
0: Uh, I also forgot Flameblade is a second level spell. Can you roll me a d20? Oh,
2: yes.
3: <laughs> what? It's,
0: Brandon, it's always you. It's truly Brandon always no. you. Always
3: Cecil. It's because Cecil's going, still going through the most. Like roll me a d100. Hormonal changes. Poor kid.
2: 67.
3: Third arm shoots out of his body. <laughs> Okay,
0: you summon this bear totem and it roars and then you go to call to your friends and be like, it's okay, Uh, but nothing comes out of your mouth and you have cast silence on yourself.
2: That's fine. I feel like people are okay with that generally. Um, (laughs) Then sure, I'm just gonna go ahead and make my attack with my flame blade, my silent attack. Cool. 22, 15 plus seven. That hits. Awesome, awesome. Kill it. Okay. Twenty points of fire damage because it's vulnerable.
0: Uh yeah, this kale plant is on its last legs. This thing is on
2: death's door. Good. Uh, fuck it. I scream out, I got it, but everyone just watches me
1: Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. You
0: scream out and you you make this attack, but no one hears you shout, so no one like everyone thinks Brian did it. Nice going, Linky guy! Hey, that's that was a that was a good hit. As Cecil is like overshadowed by this giant Kale plant behind them. Uh, and this halfling is convinced that that was Brian that hit it. Uh, and that brings us to the halfling's turn, who is going to...
3: Brian's going to be this halfling's new best friend.
0: Slash at these shrubs recklessly. First attack's going to hit. Second attack's going to hit. And he does 22 damage. Cuts down another one of these pepper bushes. There is only one remaining. And it's going to... Spring on this halfling and attack him. Uh... It's going to hit. He takes uh 5 damage from it as it latches on. The pepper juice like seeps into some of his wounds. Like,
1: oh fuck. Oh mm-hmm. god.
0: And that brings us to Brian's turn.
1: A minute. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and stab him.
0: Stab, stab the the kale plant. Okay. <laughs> the kale plant.
1: <laughs> <What noise. laughs> Roll to attack. 15. That hits. Great. That's 8 damage.
0: Brian, show your work. Yes. yes!
1: So I try to, yeah. I try to, I, I like lunge forward to try to stab through this kale plant and I'm very aware of the fact that the leaves are spiky and I'm just able to like get my arm between the leaves into like the center stalk of this kale plant to like just completely impale it and like splinter through the section of the plant and it's just <laughs> hanging from my rapier and I I shake it off and it goes flying across the garden.
0: <laughs> yeah, you you like go to pull it out and like bring your sword up and it just like, few! Just flies across, uh, flies nice. over the fence, revealing Cecil behind it. And the halfling goes, Oh, dude, that was that was sick. That was dope as hell. And this tiny little pepper bush that's left behind looks up in terror as its kale plant has left and just kind of just skitters away and runs off. You guys are left in this little backyard garden with this halfling, and he tucks away his stuff wow uh you guys you guys came at a, a really really good time not gonna lie um would not have been good if these uh if these crops had gotten eaten up or slashed up or whatever I don't even know what those things were doing uh
2: sorry, who are you guys
3: oh
2: you're uh travelers
0: weird we haven't really gotten a lot of travelers around here uh mm-hmm. recently mm-hmm. as you can see it's kind of a snowy uh, wasteland, but I'm glad you guys heard it when you did. You guys really saved my bacon there. So wait, I just I just realized you couldn't have said that to him because you you have silence cast on you.
2: Oh, so these, I'm
0: I'm oh, just like great. <laughs> what I what we're just looking at him like I, I see you uh, moving your hands and your mouth. I I
3: we, what do you say? We are what travelers. Trav travelers. Uh, three. Three, three words first word okay um anyway <laughs> so thanks for helping me
0: out there just, honestly but yeah, was...
3: um we just kind of heard you know somebody struggling and decided to come check it out um is this a, a tavern or an inn uh yeah yeah,
0: yeah. actually uh, my 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 family owns this tavern
3: oh great
0: as he says that the back door opens and you see a bit uh, a, an older halfling woman poke her head out. Carlic, stop messing around here in the backyard. You need to get in here. We have customers you need to serve, okay? We got important people coming tonight.
3: Carlic.
0: Mom. Uh, yeah, okay. So I was, there was a whole thing back here. and All right, fine. I'll be there.
3: Garlic? What? Your name's Garlic?
0: No, it. it's Carlic. You can call me Carl.
3: Carl. Oh, hi. Just, yeah, just. Carlic.
0: <gasps> Carlic swonky. Nice to meet you.
3: Um hi Victoria. Um that's Cecil. Weirdly is currently mute. Don't know why. Uh and Brian. Yeah, yeah, I'm Brian. Cool.
0: Uh well, if you guys want to want to come in if you're hungry yeah. or something. I mean,
3: I don't know.
1: We were on um Yeah, yeah, I guess we can come in for a minute.
0: Okay. Um. Sorry. It's uh, my my parents are kind of on edge. There's like an important guest coming tonight to the tavern or whatever. So we're.
3: Oh, really? Yeah. Does that? Yeah. Do, just, you, do you guys normally house important guests?
0: Uh, I mean, sometimes it, we're kind of like the only tavern in town. It's just it's someone it's who's been yet. helping the town out recently, and so you're just just oh. come on in, come on in.
3: Oh yeah, it would be
1: great to meet someone like that. Um, he brings you guys inside. Uh, and
0: makes you some food. Uh, or doesn't make you some food. He like starts to go behind the counter, uh, and then his mom like points him to the center of the room, and there's like a a platter of dishes there. He like sighs and takes them and starts like distributing them out to the other guests in the room. Uh, and he kind of shows you guys to a table. You you guys you guys can just take a seat right here, and he brings you guys a few plates of some just beef stew and some bread and um, Cecil, <laughs> Cecil, what can you what undo that the the silence spell fades away uh I as... would, I was
2: seven, but I even, and i'm just like like i start like you hear like the, the the latter half of a sentence i'm speaking uh uh yeah i'd love uh yeah do y'all do like shakes or anything or
0: i'll, I'll get you i'll bring you guys some ale uh and he goes and brings you guys like a few cups of water and, a, and some mugs of ale.
3: That really is a thing here. <laughs>
0: As he's finished handing out dishes and such, he comes back and sits back down with you guys and is starting to eat when the door to the tavern opens uh, and everyone kind of turns and looks and you hear Carla go, oh, well, great, they're here. And you guys look and you see the hand in the doorway. And with that, Class is dismissed.
3: No. What? No. No, no it's not.
0: <laughs> D-Hall and Dragons is Andy Dinehart as Victoria Hightower, Danielle Grisco as Brian Tolkien, Brandon Lindsay as Cecil McNamara, and myself riley wesson as your dm thanks so much for listening to this session of d Hall and dragons if you enjoyed it we would love to see you leave a five star review and we would love it even more if you would recommend it to a friend please share it with everyone you know we really would love to share this with more people our theme music is sonic pogo by vans in japan other music can be found in the episode description and our artwork is done by the incredibly talented carlina alvarez link to her stuff can be found in the episode description as well Check it out, you will not regret it. Until next time, we all know that spring break is coming up, and I'm sure you have a lot of fun plans, but make sure to have some time for yourself as well. Rest can be just as important as having fun. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next session.
3: So when Brian and, and Victoria get on Cecil, Victoria's very it seems adept at knowing how to ride bareback. So she has Brian sit behind her. Tr- just trust me, like like come here and like she offers a hand to help Brian up. Okay, but see what you really need uppy, to do uppy. is you-, <laughs> you have to like you have to squeeze with your thighs, and it's going to be it. a little uncom- more uncomfortable for you. You guys so- ride back to the van uh, and. <laughs>